On the 22nd of June, more than 2 million African and Caribbean servicemen and women are going to be celebrated on Windrush Square with the unveiling of a memorial. The event is in honour of those who came over to serve in the British Armed Forces during the two world wars. They came often from their warmer climes, many of them volunteers. Alan Wilmot is probably one of the last survivors from the Second World War. I caught up with him in his house so he could tell me more about his very interesting life. Oh, who's that in that photo? Um, this is um, Prince Charles. A couple of weeks ago at the, oh, at the, I at the Black Archives. At the Black Archives. Uh, yes. I was born in Jamaica, Kingston, Jamaica. I was born um, 1925, August 1925. Did well at school, I got a, a scholarship to one of the leading colleges. And then, Which then the, college the, the was war, that? They, the Woolmers, Woolmers College in Jamaica. And then the war, war broke out and they asked for volunteers. And I thought more or less, well, it's a chance to do something and um, get a profession. When I joined the Navy, and I was in the um, minesweeper, HMS Hawking. Then they, they, they asked for volunteers for the RAF USC service. From the four corners of the earth they come, men from the far-flung British Empire... I came to England. Was that the first time you'd come to England? Yes, yes. What did you think about it? Well, everything was so strange, you know. And the pictures I had in my mind when I came here, for a start, uh, the people here knew nothing about us, absolutely nothing. Once you're black, you're from Africa. If you serve the West Indies, they said, well, what part of Africa is that? You know, and all that, that was really a shock to us because we knew everything in our school curriculum. We knew everything about the British Isles. But when you're, when you're from, from a colonies or anything, you have a, a different view because, for a start, you don't see any poor white people. All the English people who came to Jamaica were um, colonial servants, and they, they had chauffeurs and everything was laid on. Yeah, they were rich. So all the people, and then the, the few tourists that came there was you know, money people. And when we came here and, and saw people, you know, in, in, a, in a bad state, living in a house with no heat or running water and toilet outside, you know, all that was quite a shock. We didn't realize it until, until we come here. That's amazing. So yeah. you didn't realize that actually you were on, actually more well here. off than a lot of white people. Yes, yes. Okay, so where did you train? So you came well, into England? Yes, well, I came to England and um, I went to, to Butlins, Butlins Camp. I can't wait to go to Butlins. From the first moment of your arrival, Butlin's Wonderland is yours. You know, we had to go there, what they call the square bashing. After we did our square bashing, we, um, we, we, we dispersed our trade. The trade that we were, were in, we were a motorboat boat crew, um, aircraft engineer, and then you are now right in the RF. You are in the RF. You, you, know? you were that, that was it? Yes, <laughs> okay. that, that was it. And then we had a shock there, because in those days... To, to, to be in the RF, you have to be at a certain education. And when, as far as they're concerned, we come from, from the jungle, we live in trees, they didn't know that um, 95% of the, the, the boys were all college fellows. 
So we, we you know, we don't know about. Oh, so you were like a higher education. Yes, yes. You were academics. That, that's right. You see, I thought they were taking a Mickey at first, the question that they asked and all that, and then I realised that they they really knew absolutely nothing about us. Oh, what sort of questions were they asking? Oh, we live in trees. <laughs> Do you hunt tigers? Ye- yes, you know, we chase lions and all that, and I, I more or less didn't let it offend me. Because most of the time, you know, and as soon as... Did you find that you were sort of educated? Yes. And then, after when we get together now, you know, then I I was was accepted. What did you train to do? You said it was the rescue. Tell me more about it. Motorboat crew. Motorboat crew. We rescue the flyers when they get shot down. In carrying out their errands of mercy, the crews of these high-powered speedboats face not only the dangers of the high seas, but machine gun attacks from Nazi airmen. You know, in, in all, I think we have rescued 17,000. 17,000 airmen were rescued over the period. And we had to pick them, whether, whether they are Germans or French or American. Anyone. We had to pick them up. What happened next? Nothing was done for, for, um, for rehabilitation because the simple reason is the British government thought that the, the Jamaican government were responsible for rehabilitation. So all these heroes return, you got it's nothing. Nothing. And but but same thing that happened in World War One, the same thing happened in World War Two. But the thing about it is, um the the, the, the native the English native, they they appreciated the fact that we left our warm country to come and help them in their of need. Every one of these people gathered together in this studio is a West Indian. Everyone has come across 4,000 miles of ocean from that great bay in the Atlantic which lies between North and South America, the Caribbean Sea. But it's white Americans. Those were our enemies. Tell me a little bit more about your interaction with the American soldiers. The incident that, 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 uh, that I never forget, Southampton was one of the main ports that you had the, um, the black American port workers. The, the busing, the girls and everything, you know, to try to keep us in, oh, there were, in the towns. So they brought everything yeah. in. But one or two of the fellas say, damn it, they will try and, and see what's happening. So they went to the town and to their shock, they were, were accepted. And then the, 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 the black Americans, the West Indians, they just went into places, you know, and they were accepted. And the, the black Americans never see any black going in those places. We're always, always be their protectors, especially in Southampton, you know. We were stationed in Scarlet and they, they felt a bit more at home when they're, they're with us because we stand up to, to the white Americans. We used to hit back hard. Like fight see, hard. Yeah, that's right. And then the white Americans realized, no, don't mess with those, the West Indians. those guys <laughs> in, in the British uniform. Down the way where the nights are gay and the sun shines daily on the mountain top. I took a trip on a sailing ship and when I reached Jamaica I made a stop. But I'm sad to say I'm on my way. Won't be back for many a day. My heart is down, my head is turning around. I had to leave a little So what did you do after the war? My brother, he was also in the RAF. We got together, and this fellow, Ken Hunter, and we started the Ken Hunter Quartet. We ran for a while, but difficulties, because this is, yeah, 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 but you're not American. So we decided to go American. So you pretended to be Americans. <laughs> yeah. Did you put on the accent and everything? Uh, we, we did. We did. Go on, do a little bit of an American accent. God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> God damn it. <laughs> anyway, cut a long story short, we ran for a period, you know, because there was always, always room in the entertainment business because in those days, though, every British town had a theater. The, the, the acts in those days have, have an act that they can run for, for two or three years without changing it because there's so many places, you know, that repeat. I see. So they've yeah. done these big tours of all that, the That's theaters. right, that's right. At the same time, I realized now that there was room for me as an entertainer to, to you know, as a solo entertainer, and uh, I start getting a few breaks in, in, in the, the clubs in London. So that went on now. Did you sing the clubs in Kensington? In, no, in, in West End. Oh, oh in, in right. The West, in the West End nightclubs. So know? you made a con- good contact then? Yes, yes, I made, made a contact there. Right. There weren't, weren't um, any West Indian songs, folk songs on record and all that, and he got the contract. And he uh, realized that, you know, were there XX quartet singers floating around. He contacted me. Got my brother. We started. We started South Landers. I got a girl who used to be a square. She thought that Tascanini was everywhere. She said that Beethoven was the top of the crop. I was doing a show with Frankie Vaughan. And of course, we used to converse because, you know, I, I, Frankie was, was very, very, very intelligent and he loved to con- un- converse. So I learned so much from him because he was the one that said, Alan, do charity work. It takes up your time, but it will eventually pay off. And he was so right because I got so many jobs just tr- by, by doing these, these charity shows. I was eventually made a life governor of the Jewish Blind Society. The, the, the band, what they can hear, you know, and oh, they really appreciated it because I got into some some of the, their, their Jewish folk tunes, which was a surprise seeing these um, black fellas singing these Jewish songs and all that, you know. Have Magila, have Magila, have Magila. So you've done the clubs, so really that's like your homework, your groundwork, you're putting it in. Mm. Tell me about the Southlanders. The, the, the Southlanders was originally the Ken Hunter Quartet. That was the beginning in 1950, the Ken Hunter Quartet. We caught on and we, we got to a stage that we were on our own now. Then we started recording and um, the first, first hit was, I, um, was Why Must I Be Alone? At the time, and I think it still goes on, all these things were American cover, cover versions. Because there wasn't really a call for West Indian artists as such, they wanted more American yes, blacks, well, didn't they? Well, West Indian artists was on the scene, but it's around the time that Calypso collapsed. And I realized it was going to last, and, and I was right. Because after, after a while, um, reggae came in, and that was the end of, of, of um, Calypso. So... Tell me, the Southlanders had a massive hit. The big one now was the mole in the hole. I am a mole and I live in a hole. 
We used, to, we used to do the Sunday shows. That was very, very good with Marty Wilde and all these guys. Cracker Jack was a, a children's program. Very, very important children's program because when you meet some, some people today, say about the age of 45, 50, say, oh yes, I remember. I remember Cracker Jack when I was a kid. Hey, Cracker Jack! That's right. See? They, they remember that. Uh, and the 6-5 special. Yeah, oh, no, that was lovely because that was the first pop-pop program. So everybody used to tune in on a Saturday night for the 6-5 special. It says here you were friends with Spike Milligan. Oh, yes, <laughs> he was funny. Fortunately, we were known as a very good supporting act. You know, so although we didn't make a fortune, but we we're, were always working. So who did you uh, warm up for? Yes, yeah, so Markham and Wise, Markham and Wise, Frankie Vaughan, Shirley Bassey. Steptoe and Son, yeah, Julie Clark, that, 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 that was the Bob Hope, Cliff Richards, yeah. Marty Wilde. Yeah. You know, all, all the big names. Marty Wilde became quite a good friend of yours. Oh, yes, yes, because he was a very, very intelligent fellow. Marty Wilde and Cliff Richards were very, 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 you know, very intelligent fellows. Up to this day, I still rank Cliff Richards very high. Did you do pantomime? Yes, we did. We did at, at our Richmond Theatre. Did you enjoy that? Yes, yes, it was. It was for, because it was such a change, you know. So after your big hit, did people start, like all these agents wanted you? They, they, everybody wanted to be in the act because they, they realised that, oh, there's some money in it. And it, you the, even sang in other languages? We had to do songs in Italian. We got to do songs in Spanish. And, you know, in German, Brennan Heiser Wunsen Zas, Fernsehn Heimatlands, Kangroos. Yeah. And it was so funny seeing these black fellows singing this in, 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 um, in a German language. How long did that all last then? You had your big hits, you went off tour, and then what happened? Generally, no, the Beatles came along, and groups like the Beatles, and then... Everything switch over. After a while, all the, the, the music halls start closing down with television now. Overnight, all the theatres were empty because everybody watching television. In my experience, life is a circle. And once you get out of that circle, don't try how you try to make a comeback. You're very, very rarely you're able to make a comeback. It's like the transformation from being a prodigy to an, an, an adult. Take me back to Jamaica where I was born. Take me back to Jamaica. 